This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Greetings, loyal listeners. You are listening to The Blowhole on Finsider Radio. This fine evening, you have myself, James Radio. I'm at 100%. I am joined by my ever-trusty co-host, the Rob Timist himself. He is gutting it out, recording from home, suffering from COVID. The Miami Dolphins are number one again, Rob. Number one. Is that curing what ails you, Rob? Is that curing what ails you? It's close. It is close. Um, it makes it is good. It was nice to see a complete victory. Um, just the offense and defense doing what they're supposed to do, beating up on a subpar team, which is a weirdly can be good at some things, but can be bad. That's just a weird team, and I'm glad it, we won easily. Um, it made me happy, but I can't taste anything, and that's depressing because food is life. That's unfortunate. I'm very sorry to hear that you're sick, my friend. I wish you a speedy recovery, but I and I also thank you for uh, for recording this week because I know technically, you know, most most years we we take the bye week off with the team, but uh, this year we're excited, man. This is this is exciting. We're fired up, right? It's crazy. Check your pulse. It's crazy. So yeah, I mean, you, you touched on a little bit. The Browns are a weird team. Uh, we talked about it last week, leading up into the game when we were previewing what we thought was going to happen. Um, you know the. The Browns were coming off a bye week. Pre- prior to that, they had dismantled the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a, a good football team. Um, so the Browns have had some. They're they're capable of being good. They came in, you know, they they sounded very confident. You know, they they 
I, I thought they came in a little too confident. Um, you know, I think some of that showed they got off to a fast start, um, which this team is just uh, <laughs> uh, notorious for doing. I'm sure we're going to talk about that as we break down the game and, you know, how you were feeling at that point. As soon as, you know, I know I know the place I was at and surrounded by Dolphins fans. We were definitely not happy with the way that that game started, but it turned quick. Um, you know, as soon as the Dolphins got the ball back, they gained momentum. Um, and, you know, it just uh, it, the offense looked great. The defense looked much, much better. Granted, it is a Jacoby Brissett-led Cleveland Browns team, but it is one of the better offenses in football when it comes to running the ball. And their offensive line is very good. And they have put up some good numbers on some pretty good teams this year. And we uh, we were able to shut them down pretty uh, pretty easily from, uh, from the get. So uh, anything else that you want to talk about before we jump in to the break or, or the the recap of uh, last Sunday's game. Yeah, I was going to say I I weirdly wasn't worried about their fast start because that's what we've let them do, and I'm so confident in this op- offense at this point that I'm just like, yeah, you can't keep, you won't be able to keep up with us, and the fact that it was even by the second possession, you know, we uh, I don't even remember was it did we get the turnover? My brain is complete foggy. So yeah, get take us into the breakdown. But once all we, right, once we weren't playing from behind or even not even a touchdown behind, I'm like, oh, this game's this is in the bag. Yeah, yes. So uh, game starts. Dolphins uh, kick the ball off to the Cleveland Browns. They had an excellent kickoff return to start, uh, similar to the Ravens game. Um, except their kick returner, I don't know his name, was not as fast as uh, Duvernay for the for the Ravens who oh, scored yeah. on us. Uh, their kick returner, if he was faster, would have scored easily. He had the entire half of the field wide open. Just an amazing uh, special teams play by them. Our special teams continues to struggle. We'll touch more on that as we get further into the game. Uh, first play right out of the gate was a play-action pass deep down the sideline to uh, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, nice play by the Browns moved them. They were very deep in, in Miami territory after that play. Coverage wasn't terrible. Um, it was a good throw by Brissett. I just frankly don't think we were expecting them to go deep on the very first play of the game. Um, they got that. They, they did get a pass interference call. We gave them a first down. I think there was like a third down and five. We jumped off sides. They got a first down. Um, and then they scored, um, when they got, you know, to, to first and goal, they had a, uh, pass interference call in the end zone, which I didn't think was pass interference, put the ball in the one yard line. And then they, they scored immediately after that. Um, seven, nothing Browns. Did you, uh, do you think that was pass interference? Do you remember that play, Rob? I know things are a little foggy. For I you. do not. Who, wait, who was the pass interference on? It was on Jerome Baker. Um, he, uh, they, they said he interfered with, I believe it was Donovan Peoples Jones again, but I, Oh, okay. Yeah. The I announcer said it they seemed... didn't even think it was, uh, yeah, it was, so. it was, it was ticky tacky, but but again, I also ex- you expect the good return and the and the boneheaded uh, penalties on that in the in the early on by the defense. That's what we do, but let's just keep shrinking it down. Get it down to just one drive. Get it get it get the hell out of the game. Browns made it look easy on the first play, so we get the ball. We get the ball right after that. Um, we marched down the field. There was a, uh, on that opening drive, they did get to a fourth and short, um, in our own territory. We were not quite to midfield. Uh, it was right around the 40 yard line, uh, went for it, uh, picked it up pretty easily. Um, most of that drive was, it was, a, it was actually not most, it was a perfectly balanced. I think it was a 10 play drive, five runs, five passes. Um, you saw some Jeff Wilson, you saw some Raheem Mostert, 
Um, I believe there was a Trent Sherfield catch. Um, and then the drive was finished off with a, a beautiful pump fake by Tua as he spun out of uh, spun out of pressure and then flicked the ball to Alec Ingold, who made a, a fantastic play, just uh, getting around the sideline and diving into the end zone. Uh, so 7-7, seven, seven, really good plays, um, you know, really solid. Uh, after they picked up the fourth down, I don't think they got to third down after that. So um was uh, was uh, a, a nice drive to see great, great respond, great answer from the offense. Browns then get the ball back. They, again, start moving, but they are not moving nearly as easily as they were on the first drive. They had to convert some third downs. Brissett made one throw on that drive that was like it just split two defenders and hit people's Jones like right in the like right in the in the numbers. It was one of the better throws you know, a very difficult throw. Um, and I remember everybody at the bar being like, why couldn't he do that last year? <laughs> like it was just a, just an incredible throw. Um, no, and one you're not used to seeing from uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, and it was on a third and long as well. Um, we were getting pressure. Um, I believe we sacked him uh, on that drive as well, but they, they were able to pick up the, the first downs on the third and longs. And then uh, Chubb fumbled. Uh, they were they were in our territory. Zach Seiler forces a fumble, and Xavier Howard recovers it. Um, we get the ball, go down, kick a field goal. It's 10-7. Um, we have another stop of them. Uh, then we move the ball, and we try to go for it on fourth down. Didn't get it. Um, we ha- we actually had second and one. This was an interesting series of events. Um, Honestly, so we're yeah. deep in Cleveland territory, leading 10-7 in the second quarter. Um I wanted to kick this one. I wanted to kick the field goal here because you've had three, you had two shots at it. When you, when you blow two shots at it, I'm like, I just don't, I'm like, you know what? Take the points at that point. I I think like the analytics just have to be staggering for having a second and one and running the ball three times and not getting it. Like they just have to, like they have to be so, (laughs) it has to be so very unlikely of, of that happening, but that is exactly what happened. Uh, I, I would have, I didn't hate the call for going for it on fourth down. What I hated was that they had just tried the same thing twice in a row and it didn't work. So maybe try something else. Um, either way, they didn't get it. Browns get the ball. Um, I mean, they only they tried that once because it was the, it was the Smythe fake, fake, uh, you know, not fake, but the, the Smythe sneak was the third down play. They tried, they tried to run it on second one, got stuffed tried the the sneak and then ran a regular play and got stuffed again. Yes. So, well, <laughs> well I'm saying like all a sneak runs, is different. all runs between the between the guards up the middle <laughs> like regardless of how they were schemed, they were that's was the 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 play that was called. So, um anyway, uh the, we're stopped the the Browns are, you know, they take over deep in our territory. Um they do not uh I think they might've picked up a first down, but we get the ball back. Um, and at this point it's uh, like two minute offense um, and just a, a beautiful drive. Some, some amazing throws by Tua on this drive uh, third down to uh to Waddle. It was like a third and six where he just, you know, Waddle was, was pretty well covered and the ball was just in a place that only Waddle could catch it along the sideline. Um, and then the, uh, the touchdown pass to Shearfield, which was beautiful. That was as good a throw as you're ever going to see. Um, Back corner of the end zone. Sherfield made a tremendous catch, getting both feet down and and holding on to that ball through the uh, you know through the ground. Um, good to see him get. That was his first touchdown as a Dolphin. He's played very very well. Um, you know we've touched on it a little bit. Um, he's he's an excellent third receiver. Um, he's he's doing exactly what's needed. Um, that was a tough catch. Great throw. 
just a beautiful drive. So go into uh, and going well, into halftime, it's uh, seventeen that, to forget. seven. Jason Sanders makes his second extra point to follow to go. Uh, yeah, at, the, at this point his, of the day, Jason Sanders has made a field goal and two extra goal. points. That so, is yeah. correct. He's he's doing good. Yeah, no he's for, off to, off no to a great foreshadowing start. there. So <laughs> the great thing about all of that is the uh, you know the half ends and uh, we get the ball right. You get to score and then you get the ball back. And we do what we've been doing, just go right down the field again. Really some really great runs for Jeff Wilson. Um, and it is another touchdown. This was a uh, Raheem Mostert 24-yard touchdown run where he just zipped right through the defense to uh, to get in the end zone. And we're off to the races at this point, 24-7. Uh, oh, you need another uh, the Browns good extra then get point? the ball. They they. Mount a little bit of a drive. They were aided by this was the drive where they were aided by a terrible roughing the passer call on Christian Wilkins. Oh, that was um, bad. Yeah, and then they were able to get into field goal range after that. Uh, Brissett had a uh, nice scramble on the drive. The explanation? Did you were you able to hear like you know they have the the expert on and they're like, well, it's because he didn't try to to brace himself. And I'm like, come on, they barely. I mean, I'm like that. That's as Eat as soft as you could hit a guy and not try to land on him. Uh, yeah, I it thought was, that was garbage. It was pretty weak. Um, either way, they get they they get three points out of it. So, twenty four to ten, Dolphins get the ball uh, back. March right down the field, score yet another touchdown. This was um, a uh, this was the pass to to Tyree Kill, I believe, uh, the short pass to Tyree Kill. So this is now at this point thirty one. To ten, uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Sanders extra point, no good. So not thirty-one to ten, thirty to ten, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, but um, we're up by a lot. You don't need them now. Save them. I guess. Yeah, we don't save need the extra the good, points at this save point. Save the good kids. So uh, the Browns uh, mount a a little bit of a drive, and then uh, Nick Chubb breaks his one good run of the day. Um, you know, broke a couple tackles, gets down the sideline, gets a, a long touchdown run. Um, you know, great, great play by him. He's a tremendous running back. Our defense did a lights out job stopping him all day that I didn't touch on it when I was going through the recap, but, uh, Landon Roberts, do you remember that play where he blew him up? I think that was oh, the second yes. drive where he just <laughs> stuck him in the backfield. Yeah. You don't see that happen. To I don't think I've no, had, I don't I, think that happens very no, often. No, I mean, Chubb is, I mean, when, if you poll most people, they're like, he's the best runner in the league, like running back, like. There's, there's, he's, he's the package. He's, he's fantastic. So, um, at this point, uh, the Dolphins get the ball back. They go down fields. Uh, Sanders makes a field goal. See? So they get into field goal range. They're, they're held to a field goal attempt. Uh, Sanders, uh, actually makes the field goal. So look at that 33 to 17. Uh, so wait, this the, guy's already, he's um, had what? Two, two field goals. Four extra points. I mean, you, and we're killing him. Come on, he was, maybe he was just tired. That's a lot of yeah, kicking. For, some leg fatigue, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Unlike Thomas uh, Thomas Morstead, who didn't have to punt at all in this game. Not at all. Um, yeah. And then so, thirty three to seventeen, Dolphins uh, get the ball back. The the Browns don't do anything with the ball. Uh, the Dolphins are able to go down the field and. Uh, oh, not awesome. go down the field. That was that's the one play. It was basically one play. Oh, that's right, because they were, yeah, that's right. They had to go for it on fourth down, and we, we yes, we stopped them. Um, and then <laughs> we're like, oh, we'll uh, just Wilson run out the clock. And the... Wilson's like, I'll just run it all the way in. Yeah, ran it all the way in. Uh, 
had uh, Tyreek Hill running along alongside with him. Shades of uh, of Albert Wilson and, and Jakeem Grant, not quite, uh, not quite the same, but uh, was still just as fun to watch. And then uh, 39 to 17 because uh, Jason Sanders once again misses the extra point. Don't so need we're it. not breaking 40 in this game. And uh, that was pretty much it. It was garbage time at that point. It had been garbage time, quite quite frankly. Um, uh, Browns don't score any more points. Skylar Thompson comes in, uh, finishes the game off. Uh, you know, gets gets a couple. Salvin Ahmed comes in, uh, has a couple runs. You know, I think Thompson completed a pass to uh, to Ingold for for some yards there. Got us a first down, and then yeah, it was two knees. It was, it was run, run, third down, completion, then yeah. knees. So my one of my biggest takeaways from this game, aside from how impressive. The, the offense and balanced it was, was how great the running game was the play of the offensive line. Cause the Cleveland Browns, you know, not a great defense, but they are a good defense. Miles Garrett is one of the best players in the NFL. His name was not called at all. He was so, completely shut down by players like Armstead on, on, you know, Taron Armstead on the, on the left side. And then when he went over to the right side, he was on Brandon shell for most of the game. Um, the touchdown pass to, to Sherfield Garrett was actually on the right side, made a tremendous spin move to get around, to get around shell. But Robert Hunt was right there and just floored him. Like, so he never got a, he, he pancaked. He him. actually, so he was doubling, were, he was doubling the, the inside guy. And when he saw that spin move, he came off his guy. Yeah. There was a, that, that, that video was on Twitter that, that play, like pointing that out. That was a great play. Tremendous play. And the offensive line. Yeah. They're, they're. It's a very solid unit right now. You don't have, um, yeah, I, I don't see a lot of weakness. I mean, Shell is, it's weird because he was just a practice squad guy that they picked up, but he seems to, you know, he fits really well. He's, he's played, you know, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of Austin Jackson at right tackle this year. He was hurt in week one. Greg Little came in and played pretty well um, before getting hurt, but but Shell has played, you know, since Shell's gone in, the offensive line has stabilized a lot. Also, Armstead is, is playing and, and seems healthier than he was at the beginning of the year. Uh, Connor and, Williams is having a tremendous year at and center Jones and feels Robert like Hunt an, is, you know, Jones that was the, feels like of all upgrade. the linemen that we've drafted, we, we hit on one. Robert Hunt is a tremendous guard. Um, and Ben Jones coming in for, for Eichenberg that, that seems like he's actually, um, he's performing better. He's grading out higher at least, um, than Eichenberg who's having some challenges. Um, so it's a, a tremendous play by the offensive line. And then it, it, I'd be remiss not to mention the defense. Um, I know you got a lot that you want to talk about. This is the last thing I'm going to say. There was, it became evident, I think it, it might have been the second drive uh, that the Browns had, or maybe the third drive. There was just this one defensive alignment that we had up front that was Melvin Ingram, Christian Wilkins, uh, Jalen Phillips, and Bradley Chubb. Like they had those four guys <laughs> rushing the passer. And I just like, and they all were just like, you know, just destroying their men. Like just like, just every, every obvious passing situation, those guys were just killing whoever was in front of them. And it was, you know, it was, it was a race to the quarterback. They were getting lots of pressure. Um, they didn't have a ton of sacks, but they, you know, they, they did have, you know, they, they were able to get a few um, and they were just, it seemed like they were in, in Brissett's lap uh, pretty much all day. Um, and it's, that's a very difficult defensive uh, front to face. Um, you know, the Chubb trade is going to be huge with Agba out for the season. Agba, uh, Emmanuel Agba was hurt, uh, torn triceps in this game and yeah, is uh, placed on the IR. So out for the season, but just, um, some tremendous things to see from the defense up front. Wow. My turn. 
I forgot yes, what I was going to say. Was a lot. Was, uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I, so as far as the defense, the one thing I saw on one of the sacks, I saw it. They did a little stunt to get to get, uh, you know, I think Melvin came inside and, and that, you know, freed up uh, the uh, Christian to come in and then they and split the sack with Phil like they were all there. <laughs> And that was one thing I was noticing. Like it just, it always seemed like the four guys just rushing straight, rushing straight. And I'm like, it's just like the offense. You need the motion to, you know, use the motion to your, to your advantage. I wanted to see more stunts, more kind of, you know, not saying go to the all out crazy like looks, you know, that what Flores was able to pull off. Obviously, we can't blitz like that with the with the corners that we have now, who are playing great. By the way, they just they, you know we didn't think they'd be on the team, let alone playing. Um, so yes, I was glad to see some of that, and I think it's going to it's only going to get better. Um, that was good to see. The one thing about th- not to take anything away from our offensive line because they played well, but I don't remember where I heard this, whether it was during the game or in a you know like in a, a from a show or a podcast later. The the Browns built their defensive line on speed. It's all small, fast guys. I mean, small, small for defensive lines, which is why that you everyone can run right up the middle on them because, like, they're great at rushing the passer, getting around the edge, but they can be moved. And uh, obviously, that's true because everybody's been running on them, and we, you know, there were the we holes were gigantic. They, like they were, were you could drive yeah. a truck through them. Yeah, yeah, like like guys not getting hit till they're six yards down the field. It was oh, I loved seeing it. Yeah, it was great to see. This was the kind of the running game I've been waiting for. Um, yeah, you now getting Jeff Wilson in there, he's such an upgrade over over Edmonds, who just just didn't oh. work out and just wasn't a fit. Um, yeah, Wilson is uh, you know not quite as fast as Mostert, but he's definitely you know stronger. Um, you know, he's able to, to break some tackles and he kind of seeks out the contact a little bit more. And then Mostert's just that kind of he's just so smooth and fast and shifty so it's it's a really good one-two punch that they have there at running back now it's going to be great to watch going forward tremendous to see this team going into the bye week at seven and three um well deserved by they need it hopefully they can get get some rest get some guys back healthy um you know and then it's uh it's going to be a pretty pretty important and uh you know exciting stretch run for this team um it's i can't remember the last time <laughs> there was we were in this position this late in the season so very very exciting time to be a Miami Dolphins fan um and what a great way to go into the bye week so um you we know are at time for uh, or you didn't um, even mention do, do you want to go you want to go a couple more minutes before we go to break but you didn't even mention that we're in first place you're right I did not <laughs> I'll you let said you we're number one. Tell, tell everybody you said we're number well they know but this is this is this this is your first place, Miami Dolphins. I mean this this is a this was a great weekend. It sort of feels like a fever dream to me, but I enjoyed it. Probably the COVID talking. Probably. All right, we're gonna go. Yeah, we'll go to break. When we come back, we'll recap our uh, NFL pick'em, our fantasy camp, and our prop bets on the degenerate side. So please stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we are back. Um, so as I mentioned, the Miami Dolphins are uh, on bye week, so Rob and I won't be uh, playing any of our games that we play. Obviously, we can't play Fantasy Camp with no game this weekend. Um, probably won't do any pick them either. Don't need to do that. Because who um, cares? And there's going to be no prop bets to make either. But we can recap uh, all three of those games that we like to play every week um, from, from last week. So I think I did pretty good um, in pick them. You want to start there, Rob? I think that's a good place to start. Why don't you tell everybody what happened? Yeah, it was stupid again. Uh, I took the Broncos because, honestly, I didn't think Tannehill was going to play at that point. I thought it was going to be another one of those, like, just three three games or five to two, some like I mean, he he did play. It was only 14 to 10, so it's not. (laughs) But I'm saying they – I don't – if he's that much better than Malik Willis, so my pick would have worked had he not played uh, I believe so yeah I lost that one the but that was close the next one the Saints Steelers um I didn't even know I picked that game because afterwards I was like pretty big on the Steelers and then I looked and I'm like I picked the Saints that was a terrible (laughs) idea so and just to be clear he did not have COVID last week when we were casting he was yeah, he was of clear. He was of sound mind and body when he made that pick. And then I was very, com- I was confident enough that in the Giants to give you an extra point. You did, and <laughs> it still didn't help you. Uh, the Giants uh, actually. That's a, w- a weird. T- that's a weird. Are they? Se- what are they? Are they seven and two? Yeah, I think so. That's insane. Like, yeah, seven and two. Because they, and I mean, there are times when they don't look good. Like, and then obviously, I mean, the, I mean, all the lines are like the Vegas does not believe in them, but it's, it's crazy though. They're seven and two. Daniel Jones is their quarterback. Like, would you, I can't name a wide receiver on their team. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, the, well, they, they got Kenny Galladay who doesn't play cause he's terrible and get making $80 million. Um, actually, more Slayton, than that. right? Is Slayton, Slayton playing? Slayton's still plays. there. They have a they have a Wandale Robinson. He was the Tony replacement, like that they drafted before they traded him away. Oh, ah, that's right. Cares? They did have Kadarius Tony. Who's... That is way too much talking. Okay, so yep. So you won two out of three, giving you seven of the out of the ten weeks. You have beaten me, and you have a four game lead. Seventeen total wins to thirteen total wins. That's hey, sad. go James Radio. All right, so uh, over to the degenerate side of things. I had a very good week here as well. Um, I'll go ahead and recap my prop bets. So I like to make the the the, the littlest, weirdest ones I can find. So um, Kareem Hunt uh, had an over-under of 13.5 receiving yards. I took the under. He came in with 10 receiving yards. Got that one. Nailed that one. Next one. This one I don't understand. This is like taking candy from a baby. I'm just going to keep doing it every week. So Tua has been at one and a half touchdown passes pretty much every week all year, and I just keep taking the over, and he just keeps throwing three touchdown passes every week. So he threw another three. So got that one. Um, And then the last one, Jacoby Brissett, they had him at 226 and a half passing yards. I took the under. We held him to 212 passing yards. So 
perfect week for me on the prop bets. Rob did pretty well also. I'll let him tell you about his side of things. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get the sweep. Um I hit the Cooper under. Cooper has crazy splits. Um on the road he's terrible. On the at home he puts up big numbers, so his yardage was at sixty two and a half and he's practically barely made it to halfway, thirty two. So that was nice. My one miss was just so so close. I had the waddle over. It was sixty seven and a half and he had sixty six. So I actually just missed that one. And I took the two over yards, which was a little scary there since they were running the ball so well and uh and you didn't play the last drive, but it was set at two seventy and two eighty and a half two seventy and a half and two eighty five was enough to take it. So two out of three. Um, you take the week, went going three and zero to my two and one. We are tied at twenty wins apiece, but you have won six of the ten weeks. Six, so six to four, your head. Yeah, quite a turnaround for me. I was, I got off to a slow start here. Um, yeah, that's a tough beat though. You, the the waddle missing waddle by two yards. That's uh, <laughs> that one hurts. That hurts. All right. Um, over to fantasy camp now. Uh, this was an interesting week. Very very high scoring. Very high-scoring affair between the two of us. Rob, I'll let you uh, enjoy or revel in your in your victory. Go ahead. Yeah, this one was nice. Um, we actually split the uh, four of the touchdowns. Um, obviously, none of us had. What did we have? Five. Ingold was the uh, other touchdown, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so you had Hill and Mostert because you you picked first, took Hill. I had Waddle and Wilson. I took Jeff Wilson. Well, Sherfield is the one you got the guy the touchdown. Well, I'm going in order to the picks, right? Then you went yeah. Mostert Gasicki, I went Sherfield. So I have the Wilson Sherfield touchdowns. You had the Mostert Hill touchdowns. Now Hill, five for forty four. That's and a touchdown is fine for most receivers. That's like seems like something's wrong with Hill. It did look like they were they went out of their way to take away the big the big shots in the middle of the field. Um but obviously there are other people open, and it didn't hurt us offensively. Um, Mostert actually had a good day. Uh, had the 65 rushing, had day. the touchdown, yeah. had 22 receiving, you know, four catches for 22, and then add to that Wilson, two catches for 24, very similar, 119 rushing, and the touchdown. So fantasy points, they're only it's only a, a difference of three, three points or so difference there, so... Um, it was the Sherfield uh, coming in for the four for sixty three and a touchdown that threw me over threw me over the top. Um, no, no offers since uh, wh- whose idea was it to add more defensive players? Was that one of our listeners or was that you? I know Scott changed. That our- was Scotty. Scotty's idea was to to add the to to change the scoring on defense, and then it yeah. was my idea to um heighten that a little bit and then have the flex to where you could pick an offensive player or a defensive player. However, Ingold would have been a nice play here. He had some, uh, yeah. had some pretty good, had some pretty good fantasy points. That's true. But yeah, we did add the duper flex, which is, uh, could be a defensive player or an offensive player in the flex. So you had Chubb and Holland. I had Phillips and Roberts. I wanted, since we, since I was going with two defenders, my thought process was I want one of the I want the tackle monster playing against a team that's going to run, and that really worked out for me because I think he had seven tackles, um, and Phillips had two, gave me nine. Chubb and Holland combined for five, so right there we get a point for every tackle, so that that added 
added to my lead right there. We each had a half a sack. Um, and there was a pass break up here or there uh, for me. So I ended up with 50, 54 total points, which is our second highest uh, output. So pretty nice. You 41 is actually a great week, which you had. But that was not enough because I beat you finally. Wins most weeks. It does win most weeks in fantasy camp, but not this week. That's okay. Love to see it. So for the season, uh, I'm leading six games to four, and I am leading in points 345 to 319, but much closer than last season. Last season, I just dominated you in this. So um, nice to have some competition. I don't think we have a record of that anywhere. I don't think that's true. (laughs) All right. We are going to keep it a little bit short this week, but I did want to um, mention our Twitter account. Um, So if you... You know, if you are still using some of the few people that are still on Twitter, um, we are at T Blowhole. Um, you know, you can DM us or uh, post at us or, you know, follow us, uh, like our tweets, all that stuff. We'll give you some shout outs if you reach out to us. We also have our um, our email address for the show. It is at T Blowhole or actually, no, the, sorry, at T Blowhole is the Twitter account. The Gmail is the Blowhole Radio at gmail.com. Um, and we did have, we had some new, uh, we had some first time emailers this week. So I wanted to give some, uh, some shout outs to some of our, our new emailers. So, um, first one, I uh, would like to give a shout out to Mike. I'm going to butcher the last name. That's Petromalo. Actually, no, I, don't, I think I got that. Petromalo. That's right. He's from uh, North Carolina. Um, you know, really, uh, really good email, um, mentioning, uh, specifically that the dolphins aren't getting the type of, press coverage and reaction that he feels they should be given their performance to the first 10 weeks of the season. I, I agree. Um, we are, this is the number two seed in the, in the AFC. We are the first, we're in first place in the AFC East, a, a division, which currently all four teams would be in the playoffs. If it ended this week, um, it, it is a little early. There's a lot of football left and the dolphins don't have a history of performing very, very well. So that might be why we're not getting some of the love that we're accustomed to seeing. Um, but he did ask a really, really good question. So it's in keeping with his, his no recognition theme. He wanted to know who, uh, Rob and I's favorite former players are that, uh, were not necessarily household names, uh, across the nation. So, um, I have quite a few, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to take one on offense and, uh, and one on defense. So, um, my, my favorite, Dolphin that uh, that has been very very under recognized on offense would be Oronde Gadsden, um, wide receiver, um, late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, you know, I guess longtime Dolphin fans would know who he was. He got to play with Dan Marino and then um, and then the the Jay Fiedler years as well. Uh, made some just incredible catches. The guy had enormous hands. He was a very very tall wide receiver, not very fast, um, but just uh, made a lot of contested catches. Was a was a very very good. Um, offensive player. And then on, on the defensive side of the ball, I'll go with uh, Tim Bowens. Um, he was an interior defensive lineman um, drafted in the, in the mid nineties. Um, you know, he played, he played in the, the Marino years, but he was a big, big part of those Jimmy Johnson and Dave Wanstead defenses, just, just plugging up the middle, eating up blocks. So uh, Zach Thomas could run around and make hundreds of thousands of tackles so uh he was one of my uh one of my favorite unsung dolphins who you got rob good ones uh defense i i almost was gonna go like louis oliver but uh and that's way back that's in the one. day but i think he was in you know in 
during his prime that people knew who he was. So maybe I go for like John Offerdahl. Remember him? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, he I remember was, John is, Offerdahl. He was is, like the only good defensive player on those, those late eighties teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just he was just uh, a force in the middle. Uh, always liked him. Um, and I don't know why Terry. Uh, I was a huge Orande Gadsden fan, so he probably would have been on my list as well. But uh, Terry Kirby, I always liked him. Uh, I always wanted like him to pop, be more. Was a, a running back, um, one of those unsung guys that I that I always liked. And uh, I mean, recently, yeah. Snow Isaiah Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Ford. Oh man. Yeah, he had his moments in our fantasy camp. He was a fantasy camp superstar back when we were scoring like ten points each. <laughs> um, and Mike's Mike's uh, unsung dolphin hero that he wanted to uh, to shout out was was Brock Marion, which is I thought was a good one as oh, well. Yeah. He was a fantastic safety um, for those defenses um, in the in the early two thousands and late nineties. Um, another email that we got this week, um, which was very exciting. For, for us, our first international, well, maybe not our first international listener, but our first one that we, that we know about, um, Martin Jarvis. Um, so he uh, lives in the UK, and I did ask him uh, how he came to become a Dolphin fan, and um, he said that he's been a longtime supporter of the Finns from afar, um, but he was lucky, lucky, he was lucky enough to spend a month in uh, in South Florida in 2015, got to see a first game at, at Hard Rock against the Titans, um, he said he just had a, had a fantastic experience and he was just hooked on the dolphins, um, awesome. ever since then. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, his question for us, um, was wanting to know, um, what we think a good season looks like, uh, for this dolphins team. And I thought that would kind of be a good way for us to kind of end the show as we go into, um, you know, our bye week and take a look at like what we have ahead. So, my initial response here, just given where we are, and and granted, you know, I'm gonna knock on some wood because I don't want to jinx the team. Anything can change at at, at any moment. Um, I feel like that the you know the the worst this team is gonna do, or the worst that this team could do, would be to make it to the playoffs and go out in the first round. I, I feel like they're you know that's how good this team is. I feel like if they make it to the playoffs and lose in the first round, that's a disappointment to me. I, I think. You know, I, I think this team has a legitimate shot at making the AFC Championship game, and I, I believe that's our ceiling. Um, you know, who it is that we face in the AFC Championship game, most people would probably say the Chiefs at this point. If we're looking at it, you know, right now, looks like that would be the team that, you know, that's the team to beat. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. I think we're right in that. Uh, that's the area that, that I'm thinking is, is our, I think, making it to the AFC Championship game and then going from there. That is, uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Honest, if we get to the second round, if we don't get to the AFC Championship, I mean, I wouldn't consider that a failure or a lost season. Winning a playoff yeah. game, getting to and winning the playoffs, you know, in, in a rookie head coach's first year, you know, in the first year this team is really looking like a real team is an accomplishment. And and I think it's definitely on the table, but I, I agree, right? I mean... You had mentioned there's so much football to play. Right. This is this is I mean, if you're a fan of parody, this this is this is a year for you because the 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 great teams are not as good as they've been in past years. The the Chiefs, Mahomes is still fantastic and he's still Mahomes without Hill, but that offense is not the same. Like 
takes him 50 throws to get to the, to 40 points instead of doing it in 30 throws. Like it's 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 harder. It's different. The Bills the Bills are the Bills. They did this last year. They're doing it this year where they have these weird spells in the middle where they look completely beatable and Josh Allen is is all of a sudden thro- making bad throws. You know, the whole thing that made, took him from a crummy quarterback to the second best quarterback in the league was was cutting down on the was the accuracy and cutting down on the stupid mistakes. Stupid mistakes are coming back. That's fantastic for us. Is it just a one or two week thing? Probably. I mean, I don't think he's not going to regress to first year Josh Allen, but you know, maybe. And even so, with his legs, he's still you know he's still a a, a force to be reckoned with. But but these are flawed teams. Like it. I don't know. What would you say? It's a better than ten percent. A ten percent chance we could be the one seed. Less than ten percent. I mean, it's not likely. Yeah, I, th- I think but... we have more than I think we have more than a ten percent chance of getting a one seed. I, I don't. I don't think we will. Right, right. Well, um, that's, you know, we'll your, yeah. one in ten chances. I don't think we will. Right. You got to be. So yeah. that's that's why I'm. But it's not. It's not impossible. Like you could see it. It's more on the other teams stumbling. More on the fact that you know saying that oh we're going to run the table. It's more like those other teams may stumble more than us. But. Uh, us running us running the table like it would have sounded ludicrous like if you were talking about it like you know a couple weeks ago um i i do i think it's going to happen no. no would i be but i would not be shocked like i wouldn't be like i mean even the fact that we're saying that like is just crazy to me and i know we're homers we're excited we're not used to being good say all those things that's that's true this team just they look like they can i know you know it's the Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, those aren't exactly, you know, world beaters. But, I mean, we beat Buffalo. We beat New England. We beat Baltimore at the beginning of the year. You know, those are those are good teams. New England, maybe not, but maybe they are. I don't know. But Baltimore and Buffalo are definitely good teams, and we beat them. We were also um, in We were also in position to beat Cincinnati and Minnesota with, with backup, with second and third string quarterbacks, you know, even the, he, I mean, the, game the Jets game, we were blowout. in position to win too. We were but, about yeah. to take the lead in that game. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, talent wise, you know, you have the ability to win every damn game. Now, you know, that's hard to do. Nobody can do it uh, except for one team ever. Thank you. <laughs> that's right. Commanders for uh, making sure of that this week forgot to give them the little, give a little. Yes. Bump well to done that. commanders. Thank you guys. Um, but yeah, so looking at coming out of the bye, right? So we, obviously we have the bye week this week, we get a home game, uh, versus the Texans. Um, the Texans are not good. You know, we'll, no. we'll talk about that on next week's show. We'll preview that, but I mean, I'm sure we're, we're all feeling pretty good about that game, but then um, there are no gimmies in the NFL. There's uh, obviously we were, we're all well aware of that, but then the next two weeks after that are going to be, um, you know, those weeks. are tough games. It's at San Francisco and at the Los Angeles Chargers, who should be pretty, I mean, more healthy than they have been. Uh, Allen, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will probably play in that game, I would imagine. Um, I still think we should win. Right. I think we should, you know. Yeah, but that's three. And you said the next two. But Buffalo at Buffalo follows that. That's a crazy three game road trip. Uh, yeah, I hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah. That's, I'm still looking at that that second quadrant, right? So we have Houston, San Francisco, and, and the Chargers, right? So we've we've won the Cleveland game. You know, I predicted at the beginning of the season this quadrant we would go three and one. So we look at you know the four, the breakdowns of the games into four, except the one that has five, but because there's 17 games now. 
Um, but this was Cleveland, Houston, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. I said we were going to come three and one out of this stretch. You said two and two. Um, you want to revise that? Well, yeah. Now I think it's four and zero, oh, baby. No, I can say. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm keeping those initial projections in there to see what they are. You know, see where they go because I actually have us at three and one for the last ones, and and that's uh, I'm definitely not changing that. You were a two and two. I don't know what. It's still possible. All of it's possible. The, the end. The end. The end is much harder than this middle, right? At San Francisco. Yeah, the final four games, Angeles, right? At, at Buffalo, Buffalo, home for Green Bay, which doesn't look as you know. <laughs> at the beginning of the year, it was scary. Then it looked very, very easy. Now it's looking like it might actually, you know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what it looks like in a couple weeks. Um, at New England, and then home for the Jets. So, um, I think three and one is definitely you know doable. I. I am curious to see how this team is going to play in places like Buffalo and New England in December and January. Like that's those are tough, tough places to go play. Those are the most losable games to me on the rest of the schedule. So, um, sitting at seven and three right now, I think twelve and five is the most realistic record for this team to finish with, and I think thirteen and four is a very real possibility. Yeah, I agree. I mean. Yeah, it's it's crazy that if you win if you win the Houston game at home, which you should, you're eight and three. You could literally split. Go right, and, and that's that's what I think the worst possible outcome is that split. Right, and then eleven and six would probably be the worst. Right, but that's playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that's and looking at looking at the AFC, which is just wide open. <laughs> like, I mean, every like we're we're right now the number two seed at seven and three. The number one seed is the Chiefs at seven and two. The Bills, as you mentioned, you know they they're they're stumbling a little bit right now. But I mean, they lost to the Jaguars last year. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> and then they you know they 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 got right back into the swing of things. Um, their problem is they they don't seem to be able to they can't win close games. Like it doesn't, it seems like they're, they're not like if a game is close, they're not, they just aren't built for those close games. They blow a lot of people out. Their point differential is they're plus plus 100 in point differential. Like that's insane. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but they're six and three and in third place in the AFC East. Yeah. It's nuts. Winless in the division. Who's that? So, Oh, the, bill- the yeah, bills. The bills. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um but yeah, I think I mean I think the best we do is like I said 13 13 and 4. Uh, the worst I think the worst possible outcome is 11 and 6, which would probably be like a 6 seed in the playoffs, maybe a 5 seed. Um but I think 13 and 4, 12 and 5 is you're looking at, you know, if you're 13 and 4, that potentially could be enough to get you the one seed. Um 12 and five, I think should be at least the two or the three seed and, you know, maybe win the division at 12 and five. I don't know if 12 and five gets the win in this division. I, I think it might we'll if we beat out. the bills, if, you know, if we, if we get that second win against them. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see that, that that's for sure. All right. Well, I'm fading on you here, but I'll give you my bit of nonsense. The best thing about getting COVID right now is that the uh, God of War Ragnarok came out on PS5 exclusives. <laughs> Big, awesome, if you man. played the last uh, God of War game, then you already know how good it was. And this one's been a lot of fun. Let's go by week. Feel better, Rob.